It's time for Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM. Welcome to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. It's a pleasure to have you all with us today, and it's a great pleasure to welcome to the show someone who I actually have been wanting to get on the show for some time, Mr. Michael Grayeyes, and uh, you may know him from some of the roles he has played in the past. He has, of course, played uh, Crazy Horse. He's played Sitting Bull. He's been uh, TV roles such as Fear in the Walking Dead, and as well as Blood Quantum uh, 2019, which he received a Canadian uh, Screen Award nomination. And uh, you may also know him as an associate professor. He Maybe he's your professor at York University, my old school. And uh, so it's a pleasure to welcome Michael to the show to talk about Rutherford Falls, which is premiering today, Thursday, April 29th, on Showcase. And Michael Gray Eyes plays the role of Terry Thomas, the man who is in charge of the Running Thunder Casino. Michael, Sego, Scano, Ani, and welcome to the show. Anse, how are you? Thank you so much. Yeah, I, I, it's a pleasure to have you here, and thank you for taking the time to join us on the show. And now I had the pleasure of, of seeing a couple of the episodes. Now, before we get into this, I know this is something new for you, and what I mean by that is in, in the realm of comedy. Yes, it's, it's a, a new direction for me, certainly. I remember when I, uh, I found out about the show mm. and um, I was flying in for a screen test. I was like, oh, wow. OK, so this is entirely new territory for me. I'm heading into a room with comedy legends and uh, it's it's a new show. And of course, I, I, I love the the shows from Mike Schur and, and, mm. and Sierra's work and Ed's work. So I was uh, I was pretty nervous. Um, I'm known primarily for dramatic roles, right. um, which I'm very, very proud of. Right. And uh you know, you mentioned Blood Quantum. That's an you know an action film, a horror yep. film. Yeah. And so I said, well, I hope I hope they see I, I hope they see something um, that they like because this is uh, it was like trying out for uh, you know NHL hockey team. And, you know, <laughs> right. I'd never really strapped on skates before. <laughs> <laughs> right now, um, we're talking, of course, about Rutherford Falls, which is premiering today, April 29th, on Showcase, starring Ed Helms, and you're in there with uh, Janice Schmading. And as I started to watch this, I went, "Well, you know, it's starting to feel like a lot of the other sitcoms and stories that I see out there. The, that relationship between Nathan and Reagan's characters." But then something happened, and what happened was you had your first monologue. Well, actually, it even started before that. It was when you went to see Nathan, and you told him you wanted him to not give up the fight about moving the statue. And it was the line that you said, the town has forgotten to honor their ancestors. And I went, okay, that's it right there. That was it right there for me. I went, okay, this is, oh, he's setting it up, right? He's setting it up. And, and that was the first thing for me that, that I thought, yeah. Okay, this character is the one that I think, and, and then building on that that monologue that you had, and I thought this is the character that we're going to see those larger indigenous issues come out of. Yeah, I think I, I'm I'm so proud of the writing. Um, you know, certainly uh, Jana and Ed's characters are entry points yeah. for our um, uh, for our way into uh, these stories, these people's lives, mm -hmm. um, and. Uh, you know, the series really beautifully examines how a friendship mm. is tested, mm -hmm. you know, by, by new information, by, by the changes around us. Um, but when I read Terry, I, I often think to myself that the writers have given Terry 
um, the lines that outline explicitly mm. um, the philosophy behind the show. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I feel like I'm speaking um, subtext. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm speaking the, the naked truth. And I think that's what's amazing about Terry is that he's a truth teller. Yep. He, you know, he's a slick, savvy businessman. He's a great family man. Um, but he's so no nonsense. Like, yep. if, you know, somebody asks him something and he's like, uh, no. Yeah. Yeah. But he doesn't apologize. He doesn't right. explain like why no. He just goes, no. Right. Okay, moving on. Yeah. So yep. I, I kind of love how bold he is, how how um, unapologetic he is right. in trying to get the things that he wants for, right. for his community. Right. Now, going back, I have to say that Ed does a wonderful job of playing his character. Everybody does a wonderful job of playing all their characters. We do get to see the backstories in the characters. That's something we actually get to see with you and, and Regan. You're described as sort of this shark in the show. And, and I couldn't help but think about, it. you feel like a shark, but with rubber teeth to me. That's, ah, you know, I because, love that. Because, I love it. I'm the land shark from, yeah. from Saturday Night Live. Yes. I knock on the door and I go, oh, flowers. Yeah. You know, because um, but because you have this way of wanting to reintroduce Regan to the community because of what has happened in the past, and I and I really loved those moments between you and her. They really are wonderful. I was I had so many great laughs watching those scenes between the two of you and the stuff that oh, you were doing great. with her as you take her back to meet some of the people. You know, and it's your reactions to her that just like blew me away. It was just so great. I, I had so much fun and, and playing comedy is um, is something new, I think, for audiences. Mm. But um, if you ask anybody who knows me, I, I play comedy from the moment I wake up in the morning until I go to bed. So um, I guess I guess my previous work, my dramatic work as an mm. actor uh, sort of belies uh, uh, who I am just, you know, as, 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 a, as, a, as a dad, as a, as a husband, mm. as a as a teacher. I think people know I love to laugh and uh, I make a lot of, um, I do a lot of teaching through my humor. So mm-hmm. I think that's what, that's what attracts me to the show. Uh, that's what uh, gives me in a way permission uh, to enter into the ring with, you know, comedy greats. Mm. Uh, so I'm, I'm delighted. I'm delighted at the opportunity. It's part of being niche, isn't it? Just to have that sense of humor. Right? <laughs> it is. <laughs> If you don't know how to laugh, uh, you're lost, man. Right. You're lost. Now, you were mentioned the writing, and you mentioned the, 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 that side of it. And I want to ask you about how do you think that has shaped the ability for your character and the other Indigenous characters in, in the show to uh, have that different approach? Because there are what, five writers, five Indigenous writers, and also yeah. some, some of the, uh, the people that have the final say in this as well are, are, are Indigenous, right? Yeah, our showrunner is Sierra Teller or Nellis, yeah. who's Navajo yeah. and uh, Mexican American. So she comes, she comes from a long line of, of you know, master um, weavers in her community, and so she's bringing a wealth of experience not only from Hollywood but also from her own, mm. for her, from her own life, her mm-hmm. community. So uh, I feel that you know her leadership um, allows the writing and the team of writers under her, mm. uh, Indigenous and non-Indigenous, uh, to have moved the show in a really um, sophisticated way towards an indigenous perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how, you know, no spoilers, but, but, you know, towards the end of the series, you just start to see um, the seeds of something 
uh, that were laid in episodes one, two, and three mm-hmm. bear fruit. And, and the flips, like, you know, the, the story flips in really mm-hmm. unexpected ways. And you realize, oh, that was, that was an indigenous person who had that idea to, to flip it yeah. to our point of view, yeah. like how we would see it. Yeah. And it's, it's delicious to watch, yeah. uh, but also it's, it's important. It's political. It's, um, it's social. It's, it's really smart. So right. yeah. uh, having that kind of leadership is, is imperative in right. telling our stories authentically. Thanks for saying that. You know, I, I wanted to say that I think we get inklings of that also in the other scenes that I was specifically pointed out between uh, you and Regan and that interaction that you guys have. Uh, you, you get a sense of that same kind of thing, that thinking. You get to see that Indigenous thinking process happening as you guys are talking, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and Jana is such a brilliant, brilliant actress. She is mm-hmm. a star. Uh, I, I can't wait for audiences to get to know mm. her through Regan. Right. Um, but, you know, our, our relationship, you know, on screen and of course our friendship, you know, uh, you know, behind the scenes is, is really beautiful because, um, you know, she's a n- relative newcomer to film media while well, I've been, you know, I'm an old hand mm. been at this for a while. <laughs> uh, so in a way it matches Terry and right. Regan, you right, know, right, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, she asks my advice about things and, you know, I ask her, like her advice because she's a brilliant comedian, right. um, you know, a stand-up comic. So we're helping each other and that's, that's, that's how we do us, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we, we always lend a helping hand. Right. Uh, we're there for brothers and sisters. We're there for our kids. Um, uh, we're there to connect them to elders. So right. these kinds of relationships between us um, in our communities are what we see um, on the mm-hmm. screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's landmark. Yeah. And the other thing I want to mention was, uh, I know we only have a couple of minutes left, so is that the the other characters that also play, like the, there's two characters uh, that are in the casino, that work in the casino, and I, I loved a couple of the scenes that they got and the lines, especially the one where Regan goes up to them and hears them talking about their uh, their aunt and, you know, the, the, the great work that she does, and she comes up and wants to get into the conversation, and they go... Don't move. <laughs> it's so funny that that our 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 beautiful kind of um, teasing, yeah. you know, yeah. like yeah, oh, yeah. they're merciless. Yeah. They're merciless with her. Yeah, Julia Jones and Bobby Dews. Bobby Dews is one of the writers on the show. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. so he was he was so good uh, as 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 Wayne and <laughs> and Julia as Sally. So yeah, we see, you know, we don't just see one native character or two. Mm-hmm. We see a community yeah. of indigenous people on screen yeah. and. That reflects our 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 lived experiences. That ex- sure. ex- that ex- you know, that shows who we are. That we understand. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm I'm very proud of that um, with the show. Well, you should be, Michael. Congratulations on the show. Congratulations on your character. It it, it looks wonderful. I can't wait to see the entire series. All the best to you in the future. And um, at, yeah, and congratulations once again. And once again, for people that want to see this, it's Rutherford Falls premiering uh, today, April 29th on Showcase. And uh, Michael, I also understand that you are a sci-fi fan. I am indeed. So I'm going to say nyawa, miigwech, wanishi, and also live long and prosper. Chimigwech. Chimigwech. Thank you very much, David. You bet. (laughs) Take care, Michael. Thank you for taking the time to join us. And that is Michael Grayeyes. He is starring in the show Rutherford Falls. That premieres today on Showcase, April 29th. Make sure to check it out. 
He plays the role of Terry Thomas, who is in charge of the Running Thunder Casino. I'm your host of Moment of Truth right here on Element FM. Thanks for listening. Now back to Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM. Greetings and welcome to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa, 106.5 in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa. And, of course, you can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Download the app and then type in our coordinates and you can take us with you anywhere you go. It's a pleasure to welcome to the show Lana Thomas. And we have Lana on the show because it is the month of a Summer Solstice Indigenous Festival. And... Lana is part of this festival, and she's going to tell us a little bit more about what she's going to be doing. And, you know, the festival itself, though, is quite interesting, and it has many parts to it. And that's uh, why it's so interesting, because it, uh, it has all these different it's got a marketplace, it's got programs, it's got live events, it's got an educational program, and all of this stuff is going on. And um, Alana is actually someone that works with wood, and she, she is based in Ottawa. However, she has ties to the East Coast, and we're going to talk more about that and her heritage uh, going back to the Mi'kmaq out in the East Coast. But just to tell you a little bit more about the Summer Solstice Indigenous Festival, which runs from June 1st to the 21st, and it was established in Ottawa in 1996. And it is a multidisciplinary arts festival that brings together Indigenous artists, performers, educators, students, and community members to share knowledge and to celebrate, it does celebrate, there's lots of celebrations going on, Canada's diverse Indigenous cultures. And there is also the Summer Solstice Indigenous Music Awards, and they're going to be actually handed out on June 12th with a special live stream ceremony from the National Arts Centre in Ottawa as well. So make sure to tune in for that. We're going to have lots of guests on talking about the Summer Solstice, the artists that are going to be, some of the artists are going to be featured as well, some of those that have... uh, that are up for nominations. So lots of stuff that is is going on. But back to Alana, because Alana uh, uh, came on to the show very quickly. We, we just arranged this the other day, and so we turned it around really quickly, and it was, it's great to have her on. Now, Lana is, as I mentioned, she has some uh, First Nation Mi'kmaq heritage as well as Irish heritage. And uh, she was born and raised in around the Ottawa area. But she is a member of the Eel Ground First Nation in northeastern New Brunswick. So, Lana, welcome to the show. Great. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you here. And now you work with wood. And part of that is because you visited uh, Lennox, Prince Edward Island, uh, back in 2003. And you were inspired by the ancestor heritage that you come from, especially around the Mi'kmaq Star, I understand. Yeah, exactly. Uh, It goes back to about 2003. I took my family on a trip to Lenox Island, like you mentioned, and I came across a piece of pottery um, that I bought uh, at Lenox Island. And on that pottery had a Mi'kmaq star. And it was something that I wasn't uh, familiar with. So I started doing some research and uh, really just kind of was drawn to this star. And then fast forward about 13, 15 years or so, I woke up one morning and I was like, I want to build one. I want one 
to show my Mi'kmaq pride here in Ottawa on the, you know, the traditional unceded territory of the Anishinaabe, where I am a settler, I wanted to show my Mi'kmaq pride here. And so that kind of sparked my interest to get into woodworking. So you hadn't worked with wood prior to that? No. So this is a new venture for me. Um, I had not worked with wood before. I was not uh, an entrepreneur before. <laughs> I, uh, I I started cutting wood that morning. It took a couple of days with my husband and my father. Uh, my dad has a, a background in carpentry. And so he, he's been showing me the ropes and taught me how to use all of the saws, all of the sanding tools that I needed. He's been mentoring me on how to do the staining process, et cetera. And that's kind of how I got started. Had you been an artist prior to that? I would say I've always been on the artistic side, Okay. Um, but this was the first time that I had ventured into creating something. Well, congratulations, and you've created some really beautiful things, and I see that it's really blossomed into something that you've really, really ran with. You've got all kinds of these Mouse stars in all kinds of forms. Now, I see you've got the four colors, right? You've got four directions on that. Originally, I guess that's how, maybe how you started, but... When you go to your webpage and you you go to see the work that you've done, wow, you've really, really taken that to, uh, I see you're actually wearing one as well. So you've got a necklace, you've got all these other other ways that you've presented this Mickey Mouse star. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it started out um, as representing the Mi'kmaq star in its true form um, and then following the more traditional uh, medicine wheel colors in the four directions. Mm-hmm. And then as I realized I loved woodworking, um, I ventured into a bit of pyrography. And when I did that, I wanted to showcase the... Um, the more ancient petroglyph, mm. um, hieroglyph type symbols that the Mi'kmaq used to use in terms of their, their their writing. And so some of the stars that I do custom work, I will tell a story um, by working with the client to find out what they want that to show. And so that's some of those other more intricate pieces that you can see on the website. Yeah, so if you go to your website, it's actually square. Is that right? Dot. Yes, Mi'kmaqWoodenArt.square.site. Yes, and and of course you've got, as I say, you've got all these. You've got the Mi'kmaq stars, but you've got clothing, you've got home decor and other uh, wooden wall art that people can see for purchase. You can see this, and it's quite beautiful. Uh, clothing, you've got, yeah, it's really, really lovely, all the, the, the options that you have given people, and, and the way you've, even the floral one that I'm looking at is, is quite lovely. Yes, um, yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Now, it's wonderful that it's blossoming into all of this. Now, tell me about your involvement with the Summer Solstice Festival. Uh, So for me, I'm just going to be part of the marketplace, but they've been absolutely instrumental in helping me connect uh, with an an additional diverse group of clients through their web platform. Mm. Now, if people are interested in seeing the marketplace and the other things that are going on with the festival, they can go to Summer Solstice Festival.ca. There you get the choice to go down to, like you said, the first choice is actually the Indigenous Marketplace. And that's where uh, people can can click onto that. They can go to the Creation Workshop, the Culinary Workshops. That's another one. Is this the first year that you've been involved Mm -hmm. with this? No, I joined last year. Um, With COVID, 
that yeah. definitely uh, posed a few issues, right? Yeah, yeah, everyone having to pivot a little bit more to online. Thankfully for me, I've always done an online sales. But what I recognized was that the summer solstice marketplace provided um, myself with an opportunity to bring a lot of inventory to one location, mm. have it sold on their website and mm. shipped through them as well, yeah. which streamlined the process for me. It was less, uh, you know, less trips to the Canada Post, if you will. <laughs> um, and this way it went through Go For It. And it was an Indigenous um, shipping company. So that was a complete plus as well. Wow, that's great. Now, this is your second year, and, uh, and, and it's wonderful that they've got this marketplace, you know, to include in this festival, much like it would be if it were a live event, right? You'd be on site if this was a live event selling your wares, correct? Yeah, and I had never had an opportunity to participate in uh, a powwow uh, marketplace. So this joining up with the the Solstice Marketplace was an opportunity to do this online. And hopefully in the future, once we get to do these more in-person sales opportunities, then that's something that I'm hoping to get involved in. So going back to the these Mega Mouse stars, which is, seems to be a big part of what you focus on and how you use that and work with, and it's wonderful the history that you talk about and how you how it's important and why you wanted to bring this forward. Let, let's take one of the stars because one of the things, the things you say about the art and the wood that you use, you either use found wood or or, or wood that you you find somewhere or you know the wood you gather, but you also say that. It doesn't leave until you are satisfied with it. Yeah, exactly. Um, One of the pieces that have been very important to me is quality of the wood product, uh, quality in the craftsmanship. I'm touching each and every piece as I'm building it. And so, yes, I could easily, you know, uh, market this out and have somebody else help me build this. But uh, truly for me, I wanted to ensure that there was like love, Mi'kmaq pride mm. involved in every single aspect and step of the process. So I, as a, as coming into my artistry, mm. what I've realized is that I really want to make sure that this is perfect before it leaves the house. <laughs> right. And, you know, there's a, there's a picture of you with, uh, I guess, a table saw or something uh, that I see there, the, the work that you do. Uh, <laughs> the miter saw. Yeah, the miter <laughs> saw, that's right. And um, so you're not afraid to get your hands dirty and, and not afraid to get in there and work with this stuff. From start to finish, what would you say the timeline is, you know, if someone were to order something from you, let's say, how long might it take for you to, you know, from start to finish? Uh, put it together? Yeah, good question. And I've actually taken the time to track this. because mm. um, It's one of those things when you start building, um, you don't realize the amount of steps involved. Um, so just over last year, I was working with uh, Quaviz, an organization that was helping me uh, become an actual entrepreneur. And part of that process was tracking my time. So great question. It's roughly uh, 14 to 16 hours per star. And that includes the, you know, the driving to the local mill to pick up the wood. And it's not even just putting in an order for wood. I'm actually going through each piece of wood that I purchased to make sure that it meets my standard. Um, Because each grain, once it's torched and once it's stained, Mm. the grains provide a different, um, it's just so unique. So I want to make sure that I'm getting the the best quality there. Now, now, when you mentioned the wood... Um, when I look at the different stars and the different uh, decoration or the way you decor it, right, you paint it up, etc., I would imagine that each wood is different in terms of how it absorbs and how it does those things. So, yeah. so how do you know what wood you're going to use and what woods do you use? 
Yeah, so I use a uh, select grade pine. Uh, I'm looking for a piece of wood that doesn't have too much sap lines through it. Mm. I'm looking for one that um, when I the, when I see it, I can tell that it's going to torch a specific way because mm. I torch most of the edges right. of the star. Sure. Um, as well, if there's too much sap whenever I'm torching it, that's going to come out. Yeah. And when that happens, I know that the the, the, the stain isn't going to stick. Right. Um, and, and absorb into the wood like it normally would, and it can kind of leave different markings. Um, but at the same time, that's part of the beauty mm. of a handcrafted piece mm. um, and a naturally sourced uh, pine. Yeah. Uh, so that's what makes it unique. Pine is a, is a soft wood, easy to work with, I guess, but also, uh, it, and it's fairly light, um, but it's it, that's what gives it that that real beauty, right? Because it does mark easily, and it's one of those. It gives it that character that that uh, yeah. it develops. But it also absorbs well, right? It does. Um, the absorbing piece has been great because I usually put a couple of coats of uh, of varathane on it to help protect it because mm. I want these pieces to be able to stand the test of time, kind of mm. thing. I've got a piece in my front, uh, hall, like out at my front uh, door, as my testing piece to see how long mm. I can keep that out there myself. Oh yeah, uh, with the elements of the Ottawa weather, and so far so good. But yeah, <laughs> it's. Um, Pine can can leave a lot of marks, so you want to be very careful when you're touching it and, you know, don't bang it around too mm, much. Yeah. But uh, it's great for shipping at the same time because they're not, they're not so heavy because the yeah. pine's been, uh, exactly. you know, fairly light. So we try to keep our, our shipping yeah. costs down as well, right. and that helps. Right. Atlanta, you're involved, as you said, with the marketplace at the Summer Solstice Indigenous Festival. And... Um, is there, is there any live interaction with you through the marketplace? No, I haven't ventured into that. Um, that is something I think I could look at for maybe next year and find a way of incorporating a bit of a online um, craft opportunity. Mm-hmm. But uh, that would be something that maybe I can look forward to for next year. Okay, so if people go to the summer solstice festival.ca, uh, that will take you to the homepage. You scroll down, you go to the indigenous marketplace, and you can click on that. And then that will take you down to, to see uh, some of these other online shopping help support for business and, uh, and, and those kind of things. Now, I, I don't see shop art. Here we go. So when you scroll down, it actually says shop art and you click on that and it scrolls you over to the next page. And there you can see your choice of the artists. And there looks like there's many, many pages of things for people to go through um, for uh, for browsing, just like you would be at the marketplace. It's wonderful. Elena, we're just about finished up. I'm just wondering, is there anything else you want to mention or you feel is important to share before we uh, say goodbye? Oh, thank you. Uh, I just wanted to say thanks for this opportunity. I think it's great that, uh, you know, the Summer Solstice is showcasing some of their vendors and then the partnership with uh, Element FM. Hmm. This is great. Uh, and I also just want to wish everyone a uh, absolutely wonderful National Indigenous um people's day coming up and indigenous history month this is great all right nicely said lana it's been a pleasure speaking with you congratulations on all the the wonderful work that you're doing and it looks like it's been quite successful for you and that's really good to see and it looks like good quality work that you're putting out there nice to see that as well so congratulations to you 
It's been a pleasure speaking with you, Lana. Thanks so much, Thank uh, Jimmy you Gwetch, so much. For, for joining us on the show, and uh, all the best to you in the future. Take care. Bye bye. Great. Thank you. Okay. Bye. That is Lana Thomas. She is a member of the Eel Ground First Nation. She's an artist, and you can check her work out at the Summer uh, Solstice Festival that is going on now until the end of the month. So if you go to the Summer Solstice festival.ca you can scroll down to the marketplace where you can find her work and check that out the mega mouse star you can't miss it it's quite lovely to look at don't go away we're going to be right back with more right here on moment of truth and element fm now back to moment of truth with david moses element 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 fm Welcome back to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. It's 106.5 in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa. You can also listen on the iHeartRadio app. If you download the app, you can take us with you anywhere you go. Welcome to those listeners on other radio stations that now carry Moment of Truth, as well as if you're listening on your favorite podcast platform or on our SoundCloud. We welcome everyone. It's also a pleasure to welcome back to the show. Now, we've had, I've had both guests on the show separately, but today they are here together. And we have with us Shoshona Kish and, as well as Amanda Rayum. Now, they are involved with the International Indigenous Music Summit. Shoshona Kish is an executive director, but she's also, I believe, the artistic director of one of the events, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, Amanda is the operations manager. And so it is a pleasure to have them both here. A little bit more about both of these artists. Shoshona is an Ashnabakwe, and she is a community organizer, organizer, producer, activist, songwriter, Juno Award-winning touring artist, and she leads the multi-award-winning band Digging Roots, a band I very much appreciate and love, and her husband, Raven Kanatakra is uh, also in the band, and then she heads the band with him. Their music breaches categorization and seamlessly blends global and traditional indigenous sounds with roots, blues, and soul. Amanda is, I say, as I said, the events operations manager. She's a citizen of the Métis Nation, an amazing singing songwriter in her own right. She has self-managed her music career for over 15 years. She has released five full-length albums. Her album, Keep a Fire, was nominated for a Juno Award and won a Canadian Folk Music Award for Indigenous Songwriter of the Year. And Amanda is a proud member of the 2S LGBTQ plus community. It is a pleasure to welcome both Shoshona and Amanda to the show. Hello, Anine. Anine, <laughs> David. It's great to be here with you. It's great to have you guys both here. And as I was saying, we have uh, some exciting um, news to talk about. Of course, the International Indigenous Music Summit. You guys have been very busy with this, I know. And so I <laughs> great, greatly appreciate you guys taking the time to join us and talk about it. Where do we start? Shoshona, do you want to start us off with this? Yeah, well... You know, I we're really excited. This work is it's really a labor of love for both of us. You know, it's an artist led organization and it's really about, you know, expanding platforms for indigenous voices and storytellers and musicians. And at the center of our gathering is ceremony. And, you know, we really wanted to build something that was rooted in our indigenous ways of knowing and being and, you know, and it, 
this is our third year. So we're still like a, a brand new mm. um, event. And, you know, our first year was in Montreal and our second year was in New Orleans, which was like a minute before the <laughs> whole world shut down. Right. <laughs> and so this year we're bringing it back home to Anishinaabe territory. Um, we're hosting from traditional unceded Algonquin territory in Ottawa in partnership with the NAC. And um, I, yeah, we're doing some really special things that I'm very excited to talk about today. Uh, but yeah, you know, we've been extraordinarily busy trying to learn how to be um, television broadcasters almost <laughs> because, you know, it's all online this year. Yeah, you know, with that, that's the one thing I have been talking to a lot of people about because of COVID. These new technologies, you know, Zoom has been so popular. We've all learned how to use that. It's a daily uh, way of communicating now. But it, but it also means that it's opened up so many options. Uh, it doesn't limit us to specific areas anymore, right? I, I get to talk with so many people that the summit, I'm sure, has, has by going virtual, has opened up things for you. Yeah, I, I do agree. You know, it's obviously preferable to be able to be together in person and doing this online is opening up opportunities for people that maybe weren't going to be able to travel, you know, from across the world or even from inside so-called Canada, you know, so it is, I'd say really exciting to, um, to be able to bring people together that maybe weren't able to make it. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I think that, you know, we really approached this year with a sense of not wanting to see it as a limitation, but to sort of break open potential and possibilities that are unique to right now. And, you know, and I think that's led us down a, a brand new path. So this year we're hosting like a special series called Giwewish, and we've made these very beautiful um, short documentaries of artists. So instead of like a... Um, a streaming showcase this year. We have 16 artists that um, have really co-collaborated to create these beautiful um, short films with us that we're premiering at the summit. And Giwewish means to carry home. So we've spent time working with the artists to reflect on what it means to be home in this profound way right now and, and what our relationship to land is and how that impacts our creativity and what you know how that ref, how we can reflect in our, our on our identity um in that context i'm having trouble speaking at this point because that's <laughs> we've stopped sleeping probably two weeks ago <laughs> it's been a wonderful adventure but lots of work um, yeah i'm sure i'm sure yeah um, yeah and you mentioned giveaway wish which is produced by jennifer Podemsky as well yes and directed by serene fox yeah. um who uh, was just nominated for a, a Canadian Screen Award. Um, and she's uh, the production team is doing uh, just a wonderful job. And these pieces, for me, and watching them, we often, <laughs> mo- most of the time, we just cry. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically what's happening. Because <laughs> these artists are so incredible, and the storytelling is so incredible. And, you know, just the chance to see the land and hear these stories through through the artist's voices and through their eyes. Um, so in a sense, I see this showcase program this year, these documentaries are essentially like traveling across this beautiful land base and uh, through the eyes of artists. 
Mm. And, uh, you know, for people that are now a little bit uh, interested in this in, in International Indigenous Music Summit, it's happening from June 8th to the 12th, as you mentioned, in Ottawa, in conjunction with the National Arts Centers. So people can go online, of course, to the website to find out more, maybe uh, find out about tickets and stuff. Yeah, you can go to IndigenousMusicSummit.com. There is a, a big register button there and uh, anyone is uh, invited, everyone is invited to uh, to register and to attend um, the premiere of Go Away Wish. There's also going to be so many more beautiful and exciting and important conversations throughout the week as well. Yeah, no, it, as it's described, a unique gathering of artists, knowledge keepers, and community builders, inviting allies and cultural innovators, featuring artists, the music industry. They will come together honoring tradition and forging new paths through curated musical showcases, as we pointed out, networking activities, panels, and ceremonies. Can you tell us a little bit more about the networking activities? Networking to me is really about relationships and community building. So, you know, we have elder teachings that begin each day and and then we're hosting a number of conversations and they're really to uh, bring together thought leaders around these critical topics, but also for a chance for everyone to connect, you know, and I think that this is an important part of of what we're doing and then specifically hosting networking meetings. Um, we have a Indigenous presenters network meeting that's happening at the summit, which I'm really excited about, you know, just for our presenters to have a chance to talk and work together and dream up new things. And, you know, um, also a point probably that we should mention to you, David, is we're having a Indigenous radio uh, networking meeting and, you know, with the hope of radio folks connecting and talking about things. And it's not just across so-called Canada, but it's, you know, Indigenous radio from around the world. Um, so I'm hoping that that will lead to some really interesting conversations and perhaps shared programming and certainly intel on artists and that kind of thing. And, and you know, and there's, you know, online social aspects where artists can connect, people can set up meetings with each other, they can set up a booth and receive people and even like live stream from their booths. It's a, it's a pretty there's a lot, there's going to be a lot happening. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and so when people go to register, how's that, how's that going to operate? Is there a, is there a set price? Is it pay what you can? How's that going to go? Yeah. So we set up a sliding scale um, for registration. There's a, the value of what it would be um, and is worth. And then there are a few other options, you know, depending on where each person, person is at, you know, this pandemic has been tough on, so many people and especially in the music industry and mm. the live music industry. So um, yeah, there's lots of uh, information on that register page and it's pretty easy to, to get a ticket. And then, you know, you'll get a confirmation and then you will get to go into our online platform, which is swap card um, and make a profile and start seeing what's uh, what's going on. Mm. But people can, can attend for free if the cost is prohibitive. Then right. We, right. we, really wanted it to be accessible to everyone and of course mm -hmm. if people have resources we certainly appreciate it but of we course. don't want anyone to feel like they can't come because you know right. I, it's just been such a challenging year mm. you're gonna have some keynote speakers very excited for everyone to hear about our keynotes and and you know and i'm also very excited about the elder teachings that we're mm. hosting each day i think it's just 
a really important part of our programming to have elders present and have that opportunity to be in those kinds of conversations. You know, I, I think of the, the summit as a community event and we sort of, you know, we have all of these industry type things, but all of it for us really is about community. So we're opening <clears throat> the whole event with a welcoming ceremony, a welcome to land and a virtual feast. Um, delegates had the option to sign up for a, uh, a feast box that we shipped all over the world. Mm. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, so we're all going to be in our home places, breaking bread together and having ceremony. And so, and, you know, lighting fires and lifting up songs from around the world. So I'm really, I'm, ex I'm very excited to be in that space again. I really miss it. Yeah. Now, both of you are artists as well. And so I'm wondering how you see things have changed. Because I feel like there's a new energy or there's, there's something that has new or has changed in, in the last little while around Indigenous artists, Indigenous presentations. Is that just me or do you guys have that sense as well? I definitely feel it. I mean, we've always been here. Um, and, uh, and at the same time, I think that there is this, uh, this surge and this uprising and this, um, you know, bigger energy that has been building for a long, long time. Amanda, what's going on with you as an artist? Anything new coming up? Yeah, great question. <laughs> um, I've actually been writing a new record um, for the last, I'd say, 18 months and, and very intensely the last six months, finishing up some songs. And so I'm just last week started pre-production um, with the producer Hill Korkutis and uh, we'll start recording right after the summit's over. Cool. A new record. Nice. Look forward yeah. to hearing that. That's Cannot great. wait. Yeah, congratulations. Well, and Amanda, you have, you have a single coming out. Yeah, I have a single coming up. That's right. I'm, <laughs> I I'm your hype woman. I know. I'm like, I forget everything that's going on. But um, I was a part of a Folk Music Canada project. It was a collaboration with myself and um, an artist down in Australia, uh, so-called Australia. And so that song, I'm so excited about that song. Hmm. And it'll come out in the middle of, uh, of June. Cool. Well, yeah. Yeah, we'll have to have you back on to talk about that once uh, once it launches. Cool. That's great. Congratulations yeah. on that. Jimmy Gretsch. Shoshona, what's what's going on with you? Uh, digging roots, what's happening? Uh, well, you know, life is so funny right now because mm. we've, we're used to being on the road all of the time, yeah. but I'm very excited that we have a new album coming out. We also have a new single coming out and, um, and, you know, kind of on the DL, we should tell you that Amanda and I are launching a new record label called Ishka Day Records. Okay. And so um, we, uh, we've we been working really hard on building that space. I'm really excited to tell the world about it. And we are going to officially launch it later in June. And, um, and there are some other exciting artists that uh, we're looking forward to introducing to the world um, on Ishka Day. And uh, so... Both Amanda and uh, Digging Roots will our new stuff will be out on the new label. Now, it, what's the what's the idea behind creating the new label? Well, you know, we uh, Ishkade in Anishinaabe means fire, and uh, I think our dream is to to amplify voices and stories and songs for the eighth fire. You know, and it's just really referring to that 
that uh, prophecy, the seven fires prophecy. And, you know, the elders talk about us being in the seventh fire right now. And it's a time mm. of great turmoil and really a, a, a crossroads for us. And, you know, I think the, the possibility that we can choose a path to lighting that eighth and final fire of unity and harmony is, is kind of what drives me every day. So I think, you know, the label is really a natural extension of the work that I've done as an artist and, you know, in, in a sense, the space for this International Indigenous Music Summit, but it's a different avenue and a different way for us to, to amplify and um, hold space for these stories. And, and all, you know, we really wanted to come into the space of like record labels and I'm using bunny ears because, you know, really... We're, we have zero interest in exploiting artists. Mm. You know, we want to, we, it will be a community space and we want it artists to, the artists that on the label will, will be um, a part of a community that isn't about exploitation. It's really about lifting each other up and exploring, you know, governance spaces that are about our traditional governance rather than, you know, capitalism, essentially. <laughs> so this is a grand experiment, but I, you know, I know that our systems work. I trust that. So uh -huh. we're, you know, we're exploring that. Um, and I'm really, really excited about it. It's just, uh, it's been a passion project for us, for sure. Mm -hmm. That's great. Congratulations to both of you. And it sounds like that's another uh, another topic for us to have you guys back on in the future to talk about <laughs> as well, right? That's yes, exactly. <laughs> we're going to be talking to you a lot. <laughs> that's okay. I'm here to help. That's what we're here for. So that's great. Now, going back to the Indigenous Music Summit, you guys, there's a lot of great artists, right? A lot of great artists featured. Oh, it's, uh, it's a extraordinary. I'm so excited. Um, I think... You know, the other thing that's happening is that we are we're having um, international partner spotlights each day. So mm. we have a program of artists showcasing from so-called Australia. Um, we have a Sami artist showcase from uh, Northern Europe in the Nordic region. Uh, we have a uh, partner spotlight from South America and Mexico. And, and there will be artists showcasing from across so-called United States. So, you know, it's really, there's a real global, global community coming together here. And I think, Amanda, how many artists are showcasing in total at the summit? 48 artists from around the world, Indigenous artists. So we, you know, it's exciting. It's really exciting. There's going to be so much talent there. And that is really exciting. I love the idea about you bringing in those uh, those other indigenous artists from around the world. The Sami, uh, I, I've been a big fan of, of their music for a long time. They've got some wonderful stuff coming out of there, of course, mm -hmm. but all over the place. And look at Australia and New Zealand. I mean, it's great. All of all of this stuff. More the more indigenous music we can hear, and the more indigenous artists, the better, as far as I'm concerned. And so the, I agree. This is, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> this is great because there's so much amazing stuff out there really and you know i think that perhaps like as we're seeing this surge of of interest in indigenous arts on whole and indigenous voices seem to have, be having increasing platform um there are still so many challenges and barriers for artists you know and so we we just want to shatter glass ceilings and like clear a path and you know and i think that uh and i i 
I don't think of it as like a service to the indigenous community or something. I think about it as a gift to the world. Mm. And uh, mm. these are voices that need to be heard. These are essential stories, you know, and, um, and they belong in the canon of the stories that people have access to and get mm. to hear and light up their lives and inform, you know, how stories inform us about who we are and help us see ourselves together and dream ourselves together. So I just, I think it's so important to have, you know, all of these voices um, and all of these stories at the table. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about the artists that are showcasing this year. And we hope to continue to do this work of creating platform and amplifying because it's worth it. Right. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa, 106.5 in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa. This is a Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. My guests here on the show are Shoshona Keish. She is the executive director of the Indigenous Music Summit as well as Amanda Ryuman. She is the operations manager of the summit as well. And they are here to talk about the summit, which we are doing. Now, uh, Shoshona, you just mentioned barriers. You know, there's so many barriers for artists. And I really think that uh, that sounds like something, one, that you guys are, are kind of trying to help to do with this new um, this new uh, uh, music project that you're doing and the, the label that you're creating. That's one of the things that comes to mind. But in terms of this, this summit, uh, it, the summit's going to give the opportunity for people to talk about some of these barriers, I'm, I'm guessing, and, and talk about mm-hmm. those things. So what, what do you guys hope that, that the summit, by talking about these barriers and, and uh, I guess, you know, opening up that conversation for new artists that are entering into the world of music, uh, get to hear, of course, some of the challenges, some of the things that they can get educated about. What are you hoping, though, that aside from discussing this, that, that, that this will produce uh, moving forward? You know, like I was saying, I, I really want us to be able to dream our greatest potential together, you know? And so to me, like the seed of the summit really comes from, you know, being backstage at this beautiful festival in Australia and sitting with a bunch of, you know, amazing humans, artists and community activators and uh, backstage and, you know, people from all over the world and having this really gorgeous conversation as the sun was going down after our set at the festival. And I Mm -hmm. thought, oh my gosh, this is maybe one of the most beautiful conversations I've ever been in. And I would love to have this in a broader way. Mm. And so that was like the, the Eureka moment or mm. the light bulb moment for the summit. Um, and we, I just started planning from there because I know that when we have a chance to work together and, and connect with each other, all of this creativity fills the space and indigenous people around the world are doing amazing, innovative things. And, you know, and it's also, you know, sharing that common experience because it's amazing. I, you know, can be in Northern Australia and talking about, you know, some of the challenges that we face as Indigenous artists or Indigenous peoples, and they're having such a similar experience there, Mm. you know, and it's not the same, Mm. but the common ground is really, Mm. it's Mm -hmm. really profound. And, um, and so I think there's, <clears throat> excuse me, real power in being able to share our stories with each other and hear about the amazing things that each other are doing to change and, you know, make trouble and, and transform spaces and, and all of these things. And it's just incredibly inspiring. So, you know, I, 
I just know the power of us working together and being together. And uh, so, you know, that's really the heart of the summit. Right. Uh, Amanda, you have anything to add to that? Well, that was beautiful. I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, I also just think that it's a, a place where we can have really uh, the conversations that need to be had and, and that these, you know, within our own community and, and with the outside community and also, it, you know, coming from a place of, of kindness and, and like the whole spirit of the summit is in, in, inclusive and also, you know, just, yeah, coming from that, that good place, you know, we're not wanting to cut people down or, or come from a place that isn't, you know, genuine and, and beautiful. So mm. that's what I also feel really excited about for right. the summit is the conversations we're going to get to have in a, in a kind and, uh, and loving way. Mm. Shoshona, you mentioned earlier about the, you know, it would be great to be able to get back on the road. You're used to being out on the road, traveling and getting in front of a live audience and, and doing all those things. And I'm sure many artists are missing all of all that for sure. But the other side of this, both as a summit and as individual artists that are both working in, in the industry, uh, this last year and somewhat now because of COVID, because of the technologies, because of going virtual, how do you think that that is going to affect things in the future, both as artists and as uh, do you think, for instance, that the, the summit will ever go back to just being the live event? and Or do you think that we'll always be including, you know, elements of these new technologies because it opens up those those doors for, uh, you know, international participation, for instance, um, to have people attend um, and or uh, submit and or just, uh, you know, watch? Mm-hmm. You know, we've actually, we've actually asked... Uh, streamed our showcases both years as Mm. well. We did Mm. uh, Facebook live streams just Mm to, you know, create one more place where everyone can hear this beautiful and awesome music. So, you know, that that's always been on our radar. Mm -hmm. And I I do think there's, you can't necessarily replace being in person Mm -hmm. and that's the goal to get back there. But I, I think it would be wonderful to continue to include virtual aspects so that we can, you know, keep these connections alive if uh, if travel is too difficult or anything like that. Mm. Yeah, I think, you know, there isn't a returning to what we we did before all of this. Like, I think we've learned too much to, to just sort of flip the switch and try and go back to something else. And I actually think that the consequences of, of you know, the pandemic... Uh, the recovery is going to take some time for mm. music. Um, but I'm really optimistic that, you know, you just have all these creative people imagining ways to address problems and we're seeing all of these great things come of it. So, mm. you know, I hope that, I hope that we will continue to use the online space as a connection place. And, um, but I hope that it leads us to each other in person, you mm, know, and mm. I don't think that we can trade one for the other, but I certainly think that it can be a doorway. Um, and that's what we're hoping with the summit this year and what we're starting to dream next year. I, you know, these, the Giwewish project um, and our showcase program this year is something I can't imagine uh, not having part of our program in the future. Mm. It's, it's really, I'm, I'm so 
so inspired by what the production team and these artists have done. So I can't wait for the world to see them. I'm very excited. Shoshona Keish and Amanda Rayum, such a pleasure to speak with both of you. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show, talk about the International Indigenous Music Summit taking place June 8th to 12th, and people can go online to find out more about getting tickets and about all the exciting stuff that's going to be happening from June 8th to 12th online. So, uh, Chimi Gwetch and Yawagoa for taking time to join me, and I look forward to speaking to both of you in the very near future. Yeah, thanks so much for having us, David. This was lovely. All right, you guys take care. Okay, bamapi. Bamapi. Shoshona Kish is the Executive Director of the International Indigenous Music Summit, and Amanda Rayum is the Events Operations Manager. And that is our show for today on Moment of Truth. Thank you for listening. I'm David Moses. We'll see you again next time. This has been Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM.